We are celebrating the greatest miracle in human history, Jesus the Christ. The Messiah, the King of kings and Lord of lords is risen. I'm going to say he is risen, and you say he is risen indeed. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. Amen. That sounds so good. We have so much to celebrate today. As the resurrection continues, this uprising continues, and no one can stop Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. Jesus, we worship you. You are the resurrection and the life. And God, we pray today that you would bring life into anything in this room that is dead. If it's faith, relationships, marriage, God, anything that's dead in this room, you would raise it to life for your glory. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. There's nothing that brings more hope than the love and resurrection of Jesus. And we're going to take a few minutes this morning to really take in and savor, to celebrate the full impact as we look back at the resurrection, as we look up to Jesus now, as we look forward to what Jesus is going to do. He is the resurrection and the life. And there's a contrast in this message between dead religion and resurrection life. And may we reject dead religion. May we walk into, enter into resurrection life today because that's the life that Jesus has for us. He is risen and he wants us to have that resurrection life daily as we abide with Jesus. Where do we go when we're in despair? Where do we go when we feel distance from God? What about defeat or distraction, discouragement, We go to Jesus and his resurrection. Here's a sentence to summarize the message. God displays his resurrection power and empowers his people to rise out of dead religion. Let's take a look at that in three parts today. First, God displays his resurrection power. Now, if you've been to a concert before, you know there's some warm-up bands and then there's the main event. If you go to a restaurant, you know that there can be some appetizers, and then here comes the main dish. When it comes to pregnancy, there's often some contractions before the delivery, I'm told. And then (laughs) we know that there's foothills before the mountains. And God moves that same way in the Bible. And what we see as we build up to the resurrection is this victory over death expressed in many ways. John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26, Jesus is at a funeral and he grieves because we grieve and he grieves, but there's a hope that's greater than our grief. And he says at the funeral, how bold, I am the resurrection and the life, and the one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? This is how God works. There's a declaration and then there's a demonstration. God declares, let there be light and we have sun, moon, and stars. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life and then he overcomes the grave. Jesus is preparing a place for you. He says he will return. He's declared it. We're gonna see a demonstration still to come. Whenever God brings declaration, he brings demonstration. And when Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, that might have sounded good, and skeptics in the room thought, yeah, that sounds spiritual, but what are we going to see? And at that scene at the funeral where Lazarus has died, now John 11, verse 43 and 44, after Jesus makes this declaration, 
When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Do you have any grave clothes that need to be taken off today? Do you have any sin that needs to be removed from your life? Any repentance and turning to God? Are you carrying any dead religion, any resentment, any bitterness, a spirit of despair instead of praise? Whatever's grave clothes, they need to come off. And Lazarus took off those grave clothes. You don't need them anymore. Why? Because you are in God's family. You're accepted, loved, forgiven. And those don't fit you anymore. They don't fit your identity. They don't fit your future. They don't fit anymore. And the preachers like to say it's a good thing that he said, Lazarus, come out, because if he just would have said, come out, everybody would have come out of the graves. So he said, Lazarus, come out. And you say, oh, that's what preachers say. Yeah, they get creative. No, actually, let's take a look at this. Matthew 27, verses 50 and 53. Now, we celebrate his death, his resurrection, And when Jesus had cried out again, and this is his crucifixion in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. This symbolism representing a reality that we now have access to God. The earth shook, the rocks split, the tombs broke open. That happened at the crucifixion. The tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. At his crucifixion, tombs were breaking open. I know we like to say Friday, but Sunday's coming. Well, I'll tell you what, it started to heat up on Friday because resurrection started even before Sunday in the resurrection. And this right here took a lot of patience because I don't know about you, but if I'm dead for a long time and Jesus raises me to life, like I want to run around and tell everybody. I want to go downtown Auburn. I want to go to the sound. I want to go up to the Space Needle. I want to let everyone know the good news that like I was just dead and Jesus just raised me. I want to tell everybody. But it said they waited patiently until Jesus' resurrection. Can I just tell mom? Can I just tell dad? Can I just go over and say hi, give a high five that I'm alive, that Jesus is victorious over death? Well, yes, he is. And they waited. And you know what this reminds me of is what we look forward to in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, where it says that Jesus will return, and it'll be in the clouds, and with a trumpet, and the dead will rise. If you thought a few people rose then, just wait till he returns, because the dead will rise. We who are alive caught up to meet him together in the air. So encourage one another with these words. And yet all of this was building up to Matthew 27 and from that to Matthew 28. And in Matthew 28, we have the good news. We have the miracle of all miracles. We have nothing more that the world could ever celebrate than this. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. Irony. 
And we keep going in verse five. Thank you so much. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. What a sight. What a sight. Emptiness. He's gone. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. And before we run ahead to Sunday, I just want to make a note on Saturday. On Saturday, he had died, but he wasn't risen. On Saturday, it kind of feels like, where's God? On Saturday, it feels like, where's the hope? And some of you might feel like, where's God? I'm not feeling him. I'm not seeing him. It just hasn't gone how I've expected or wanted it to go. And it's easy sometimes to get stuck in Saturday because you take a look and you think Jesus is now dead and he's in the grave And not only that, but they have their biggest, strongest guards guarding the tomb. And no one gets past those guards. No one gets past death. Death is undefeated. No one overcomes the guards. And as if that's not enough, the stone is right there. And you might be feeling in life like there's death, there's the guards, and there's the stone, and it's Saturday, and I just don't see God. But I want to tell you that no one can stop Jesus. Death could not hold him down. No guard's going to stop him. The stone's going to be rolled away. The guards will shake like they're dead. Why? Because this is a miracle that no one can stop. No one can stop the Lord. And sometimes we think, well, the resurrection, it's part of our hope. Oh, the resurrection brings a little hope. Oh, yeah, Jesus, he's one option, and we have so many other options for hope in our lives. But I want to tell you that he is our only hope. He is all we have. And it all comes down to his resurrection and overcoming death. And he has, and with these words that the angel says, and repeat after me, he is not here. He has risen just as he said. And the women are in the very best place. Do you know what the very best place is? It's to come humble and hungry to Jesus. The very best place you can be right now is for your soul to come humbly and to come hungry for Jesus. There were others that deserted him, others that were discouraged, others that just kept talking about his death. But those women, they came near and the culture said they're second rate. That's not how God sees them. They came near because anyone from any generation, any nation, anyone that the culture says is second rate can come to him and receive his love and his hope and his power. In those women, the empty grave, they were seeking Jesus and they couldn't find his body because no one will ever find the body of Christ on earth. All the skeptics that want to kill Christianity, all they ever had to do was find the body. But when there's no body here, there's no body to be found. And because there's no body to be found, is there anything more glorious than that tomb that's empty? The miracle has happened. Jesus is risen. The resurrection is greater than our despair, than our discouragement, than darkness, demons, and death. 
The resurrection is greater than all dead religion. And there is an uprising that's physical. There is an uprising that's spiritual. There's an uprising that's eternal, and it will not stop. You say, we need resurrection power and hope, and we need an uprising today. I want to read a description of Seattle. A season of high polarization, economic instability, a reshuffling of people, institutional changes, political turmoil, high fear, high anxiety, rising crime, and inflation, and a decreasing trust of our neighbors. Do you know what the year was for that description? 1935. So wait a second, that sounds a little bit like today. In 1935, there were protests and there were riots that swept through the city. There were buildings that were burning. There were people who were killed in the streets. And there were 18 people who gathered together and decided, we need to pray. 18 people that were dedicated to prayer in 1935 in Seattle. Of these 18 people who originally gathered to pray, one became governor of the state of Washington, two others served as Seattle mayors, a fourth landed in leadership over Frederick and Nelson. Each of them responded to God speaking through prayer, and the city began to stabilize. Other cities on the West Coast took notice, and they began to gather to pray over their places. Over the next decade, most major cities across the states were hosting prayer breakfasts of some form. And by 1953, President Eisenhower invited one of the 18 original people who were praying in Seattle to move to D.C. and begin to gather people there to pray for the nation. The National Prayer Breakfast was then launched, and now Seattle, 87 years later, continues. We have a prayer breakfast. There's over 100 countries gathered together every year that have some form of prayer over their nation, including prayer breakfasts. And 1 Timothy chapter 2 says, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions and prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people. For God wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. In 1935, there was an uprising of 18 people who started to pray with resurrection hope that God can turn it around, that God is not done moving in Seattle or our nation. And I challenge you today to give a yes. Anytime the Holy Spirit prompts you to pray, give a yes. Anytime God's saying, get on your knees, give a yes. Anytime you think, maybe I should pray with my spouse or my kids, give a yes. Anytime anyone invites you to a prayer gathering, say yes. Anytime you think, maybe I'll ask and have a prayer gathering in my house, say yes. Say yes, because God's resurrection power will come through those who commit themselves to pray. Just say yes. That's our history. That's what stabilized and turned things around in 1935. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God demonstrates his resurrection power and then empowers his people. John chapter 20 Look at how Jesus empowers. He comes up close. He comes next to us. He encourages us. And this is after his resurrection, on the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together. With the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. 
Can you hear those words today? That he's speaking deep to your soul, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands inside because his sacrifice and scars show his love. It's him. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord, the risen Lord. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Do you catch the irony that there's a victory they already have? It's in their back pocket, but they're acting like there's defeat. Have you ever acted and settled for defeat when actually Christ has already achieved and has handed you a victory? Why stay in defeat when Christ has resurrection life? And this is why they stayed in defeat, because they realized we have two options. We can either retreat in fear and try to do this holy huddle and lock the doors and be silenced and be intimidated and let the culture just do whatever the culture wants to do, but play it safe and retreat right here. That's one option. That's the option they chose. Our other option, and the only other option, is to really live for Jesus with resurrected life and power and be killed. Now, what would you choose? What are you choosing today? Retreat and fears and discouragement and complaint and lock the doors. Or we go out into the streets with resurrection power and see this community changed in Jesus' name. But that's all you have is those two options. And that's all you really have. And yes, you can technically leave the room and go through the motions and fit in with the culture, but it's the same thing. Or you step in with the love and hope that this culture is searching and starving for right now. And you live with resurrection power. David Cassidy said, it took one great night to get Israel out of Egypt, but it took 40 years to get Egypt out of them. One night, God set them out of slavery, but because of lack of faith, they chose the wilderness for 40 years. They were out of Egypt, but Egypt was not out of them. One Sunday morning, Jesus overcame death and abolished, obliterated dead religion, but it's easy for 40 years to stay in the wilderness, keep walking in circles, because why? We haven't left dead religion. And Joshua and Caleb had a different spirit and said, it's time to go to the promised land. I believe we see resurrection life through Joshua and Caleb. And we decide how long is it going to take to get a spirit of discouragement and despair and dead religion out of our bones. And because Jesus overcame death and he broke out of the grave, we can break out of neglecting God's word, being lukewarm, stuck in prayer, not loving our neighbors, not loving our spouse, not honoring our parents, not training up our kids in the way of the Lord, not forgiving other people. We can break out of isolation. We can break out of secret sins. We can break out of a double life. We can break out of no kingdom impact. We can break out of not blessing the nations. We can break out of being stingy, of just going through the motions, of complaining and criticizing and gossiping in a me-centered world. We can break out of all that through the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. 
There's not one thing that has a hold on your life right now that you can't break out of in Jesus' name today at this service. And you said, hold on, I thought I was just doing my friend or my, my parents a favor, or, you know, by just showing up today. God has so much more. You're not here by accident, but God has so much more today. And you say, well, there's a lot of opposition in our culture. The more opposition, the more power and the more glory that God displays. In our weakness, God's power is evident. And this uprising that we read about 2,000 years ago is the same uprising that's fueled our church for 70 years. Let's celebrate next week. And it's the same across the sound in churches today, across the nations, in places like Latin America, Africa, Asia, where the gospel is spreading like wildfire and the kingdom is growing. Heaven's population is increasing massively every day right now. It's that same power in the countries where there's restrictions and there's punishments for being a Christian. The gospel is going forward and lives are being changed like we've never seen before. Never seen before. And so we rise out of dead religion. What does it look like to rise out of dead religion? I went to Spokane with my family, and this was a couple weeks ago. The high school, not high school, we'll be there before long. We've got, we've got four coming up on that. But, um, but it was the basketball tournament in Spokane. Anyone ever been to a basketball tournament in Spokane? All right, I see you. Hesitant to admit it, but uh, I see you. We love Western Washington. We love Eastern Washington. And uh, we went to the tournament, and I got my crutches. I've got this boot. I take up a little more room than some other people. I try to elevate this boot for a whole game. And I looked in the bleachers and saw there just wasn't room. There wasn't space. And so I took a look around the gym, and I saw a corner where there's a garbage can. And I thought, that's going to be my corner. I'm going to watch the game from over there. And I pushed aside the garbage can and sat down in some sticky mess. Uh, you ever have that experience? So I'm sitting down, but I'm like, now that I'm in it, like, I'm here. This is good to go. And I'm going to watch the game. And I started to watch the game. I was having a great time watching the game. And more people kept coming in. And I realized, wow, I've got some people to my right. I've got some people to my left. Now we kind of have a cheering section in the corner. And more people started to come in. And what I started to notice is that the crowds kept moving in more and more. And I had my crutches. And I was doing a little deflection. No, thank you. Like, I'm right here keeping people away because people just kept crowding around. And pretty soon... One was kind of in front of me, and then another, and then another, and another. And now I'm watching the game through this very narrow window, and I can't see the whole court, but then a couple more and a couple more. And I'd like to say, oh, it was just the kids. No, it was the adults. It was the adults I was pushing away. It was the adults that were all standing in front of me. And here I am thinking, I'm sitting in a sticky mess I can't even see the game anymore, and nobody seems to notice or care at all. What am I going to do? And that's exactly how dead religion makes you feel. Nobody notices you. Nobody cares. God doesn't notice. God doesn't care. You're not that important. You're kind of second rate. Dead religion is a cruel, cruel master. And what are you going to do if that happens? And I thought, what are my options? I could have a victim mentality and pout in the corner. I could just miss the game. I could complain. I could make excuses. I could give up. Or 
I could rise up from that, forgive everyone in that circle, and see the game. And I'm telling you today to rise up whatever people have handed you, forgive them, rise up and see the glory of Jesus in a new way today because your hope is in the Lord and his resurrection. You say that Easter feel good, that Easter buzz is going to wear off in about 30 minutes. And here's the good news. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 to 23. This is what God has for us every day. Here's the prayer. His incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same. Oh, is it kind of like it? It's the same. Um, is it not quite? No, it's the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him in his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all ruler, authority, power, and dominion, every name that is invoked, not only in the present age and also in the one to come, in God placed all things, some things, most things, he placed all things under Jesus' feet, appointed him because he is the head over everything for the church. He is our leader. He's the one we follow. And we are his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Can you get this picture? Jesus, the risen Lord, we are his body. He's placed all things under his feet. He's given you authority. He's given you resurrection power so that in all places where you live, work, learn, and play, You are filled with the presence of God, the power of God, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. So we gather to praise him, and there's a bonfire, and then we go out into the sound, abiding with Jesus with resurrection power every day. The resurrection power of God. And there's 20% of the church excited about that vision. Why is it always 80-20? Why is it always 80-20? We come alive and we change the culture. The resurrection is radical. It's nothing short of radical. The resurrection is revolutionary. It's nothing short of revolutionary. And the resurrection brings an uprising that the devil and all the demons cannot stop. The gates of hell will not prevail because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And because Jesus didn't stay in the grave, we're not staying in dead religion. We're not staying in dead religion. If Jesus was still buried, I would say, have all the dead religion you want because that's all we offer. That's all there is. If there's no resurrection, there's no Christianity. There's no gathering today. Why are we here today? Because there is a resurrection, and his power is for you right now. God displays his resurrection power. He displays his resurrection power, and he empowers his people. What's he doing right now? He's empowering his people to rise out of dead religion, to take off those grave clothes and to come alive. The sound needs an encounter with Jesus. This is what the sound needs right now. What your home needs right now is an encounter with Jesus. What the church needs right now is an encounter with the resurrected Jesus. 
and to be so filled with the Spirit and to come so alive that we would come alive and change the culture in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. This is a point of invitation. And the way we do it here at Grace, both online, and thank you for joining us online and in the room, you can text. And these are decisions that we're seeing more and more people make right now. First, there's decision to follow Jesus. I had two people this week, one-on-one, deciding, I want to follow Jesus. Two people, two people saying, that's what I want, to know the Lord. If you're here today, you can know you're going to heaven, peace with God, eternal life, loved and accepted by God forever. You put your trust in Jesus. It's grace, undeserved gift. You receive that gift, follow the Lord. All this is yours in Christ. Let us know. Text the word follow, and our team's going to help you. Have a Bible. Take the next step. The next step, water baptism. There's probably a lot of people in this room who know Jesus but are not yet baptized. We have baptisms every month. We're planning a baptism next week, part of our 70th. Someone wants to get baptized, we'll baptize you on our 70th. Why not? That's what we're all about. If you know it's time to be baptized, you've been pushing it off. There's no shame or guilt, but it's time. Just text that word, baptism. Membership, you might be here in over the last two years. You really haven't stepped foot in the church. We just say welcome back. The pandemic, maybe it just threw you off your rhythm, and you're just kind of getting reoriented right now. You're like, you know what? I can't just do stuff online. Like, I need a church family. I need people. I need to be in a room with people. I need to connect with people. Like, I want a church family. We say welcome and just text that word membership. And then you think this is a big gathering. I I just need something smaller. That's why we have life groups, about 50 of them. You say, well, it's great to hear a sermon, but like, I want to talk about that with other people every week. I want to get into God's word. Like, I know that's how I'm going to grow the most is if I'm with people and praying together in God's word. It's like, well, that's why we got life groups. There's 50 of them. You just type that word group. We're going to find one, a night that works for you, a location that works for you, and then serve. Some of you maybe have like returned from the pandemic, but you're just watching everybody else serve. Wow, tech team serving, worship team serving. They're serving kids down there. Wow, ushers are serving. And you're like, wait a second, maybe it's better to serve. It sure is. It's much more fulfilling to serve and use the gifts God's given you to bless other people than to just sit back and say, all right, who's serving me this week? Who's serving me this week? It's so good when we serve one another. And that's part of the resurrection life. So as you look over these options, maybe it's something that's not up there. Maybe it's something between you and God right now that you know you want to step out of dead religion. Maybe it's a sin, discouragement, distance, an important relationship. I'm stepping out of that resurrection life. I'm saying yes. I want to invite our worship team to come up and lead us in this final song, and let's pray. Father God, thank you for your goodness, your resurrection power, Lord, the life, Jesus, that we have in you, and we celebrate this. God, right now in this moment of decision, as worship is a decision, worship is a response. Jesus, you risen from the grave, and now we respond We respond. God, we repent of dead religion. We celebrate you, Jesus. You said, receive the Holy Spirit to the scared disciples who were locked up in a room, really didn't want to live for you out in public. You said, receive the Holy Spirit. As the Father sends me, so I send you. God, send us out today. 
Send us out with your love, your hope, your truth. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen.